Welcome to Sweet Valley Diaries, the podcast where they would have gotten away with it if it hadn't been for those meddling twins. That's us. That's us. Oh, Tana. me and you? That's us? Yeah, she's talking about us. I thought she meant Liz and Jessica. No, I think it's us. That's often what people call us behind our backs. <laughs> twins, yeah. Those me. meddling twins. I was definitely talking about the Wakefield twins. I, I oh, sorry. Sorry. Okay. sorry. My bad. Okay. <laughs> Super Thriller the Third, No Place to Hide. So does that make me Miss America? So, gladiators, are you reeling? Are you reeling with shock and awe at what's happening in your feed right now? You thought you were going to be lost yeah. at sea with Jessica and Mr. Russo's science class, but no, here we are. It's a the thriller twins are edition. back. <laughs> the twins are back the terrible twins as uh, jack and tanner are known on their show right that's what they call you they no. call us the meddling twins oh i'm sorry the yeah, meddling, meddling twins, twins of course of course so wait mr russo's still kicking it and he um he takes the science class on a cruise and yeah, they get lost yeah. <laughs> they're they're getting ready to to go on a science trip to some kind of an island okay. francine's uh, just like casting around looking for ideas for books and she's just like hmm huh. Don and Claudia got lost on an island I wonder if I could do that. <laughs> well we Classic. gotta check the files we gotta check the dates on those but at this point who knows because we're getting into al- almost the 90s at this point right this book was written in 1988 December 88 but what's the what's the timeline on these books when did they start like early 83. 80s right 83, 83. 1983 oh, okay so in case any listeners don't know, my guests today are Jack Shepard and Tanner Greenring of the Babysitter's Club Club podcast. And they yeah. are experts in the field of juvenile fiction series podcasting, really just titans in that arena. And yeah, so, that's, why I, that's why I didn't let you finish your intro. I just sort of assumed everyone would have known that. Everybody would know, yeah. <laughs> yeah right. Yeah, good. well, I mean, there's, there's a strong possibility that, that anyone listening to this does know that already. And uh, so they know that when we're comparing uh, things that happen to Dawn uh, or Christy on an island with or yeah, without a science class. Yeah, that's the babysitters, class. guys. Gladiators, mm-hmm. that's the babysitters. That's the babysitters. Yeah. Come on. Dawn and Christy don't live in Sweet Valley, California. <laughs> They might of. share a narrative universe, though. I, don't I bet Sweet Valley is not that far that. from Palo City. Yeah. Oh, man, how trippy would it be if in one of these books they start referencing, like, the rival high school? Because there, there are fictional towns that come up in these books. And we've got one in No Place to Hide, the third thriller book, a oh, fictional yeah. town uh, that really knocked my socks off. And uh, it was not Palo City, but it was almost as great. Uh, the town of... Renoma? Renoma. Village or something? I love that she was just like, uh, Sonoma? Uh, yeah, Renoma. Yeah, sure. Why not? I I laughed out loud. (laughs) I did. I I almost took a picture, but then I was just like, it's not going to translate how deeply hilarious it was. Um, There's a question, Marissa. So in the BSC books, like, obviously, Stony Brook, Connecticut is a fake city, and they make up other cities like Seaside, New Jersey, and stuff like that, but... They also constantly reference real cities like mm-hmm. New York City or Stamford, Connecticut. Is there a similar sort of like, you know, does does Sweet Valley just like exist just outside of the bounds of reality? And like they talk absolutely. about L.A. a lot and stuff. And, you know, absolutely. And I thought you might ask this because it, it struck me that it would be 
uh, a perfect time to mention that I recently got a message from a listener who was reading some future book where they describe... It Sorry, takes place in the future, like Jason X, or... I, I don't think so. I okay. think what's happening is that it's just ahead of where we currently are in the Sweet Valley Diaries podcast. Got it, got it, got So she's it. reading uh-huh. ahead, you know, she's an advanced gladiator. And, and she wrote to say that that book describes Sweet Valley as being somewhere between Los Angeles and Santa Barbara, which okay. put, would put it like... So there's uh, like a wormhole if, if you like take the wrong turn. Well, I you think there must be because hole. it's not it, it's not on the map. Valley. I live in California and I've never okay. seen it on the map. And also it is um, a little bit of a mind bender mm-hmm. because of the whole valley on the beach thing. Mm-hmm. Um, we have been saying for a long time now that the Sweet Valley must be in Orange County, which is south of Los Angeles, because oh. they took a big bike trip once up to Northern California and they went through Los Angeles. There's no way that Jessica was like, yeah, I'm going to ride my bike like 20 miles a day for a a bike trip. I know. I'm trying to think back on it. And I feel like she was psyched for it, but maybe like overdressed. (laughs) She was cool in this book. She was she uh, she showed a different side of her than I'm used to in this book. She was like, yeah, I'm going to do the I'm going to do the legwork and do the investigative journalism and like journalist. I'm excited about my my assignment. Yes. Good stuff. Well, that actually brings up an important aspect to all of these thriller books so far. One of the reasons that I was excited to have you guys come back for this book in particular is because it features Nicholas Morrow, who was a main character in a previous very exciting book that you guys were were yeah. my guests and for. Nick- Nicholas has been through some shit. Yeah, sorry about <laughs> that. <laughs> what a life he's led. Yeah, I'm so sorry that you had to find out this way. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, yeah, tough. Yeah, yeah. You know, it happens to the best of us. It's what a very common name? story. You um, you, you get into cocaine because your boyfriend dumped you, and that's the first thing you do is you fall in with a bad crowd, and then you get into cocaine, and then it turns out you have like a rare... And I appreciated Francine not being like all reefer madness on us and being like, this is really rare. Like mostly, it's fine. But she had a rare cardiac yeah. condition. It was the 80s. Like she, she had die. to be, <laughs> make it clear. Like cocaine's not that bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it could be. Uh, yeah, yeah, but that's just... sad, and it really seems to have messed up our friend Nicholas. He's he's looking the worst for wear this week. Absolutely. Well, yeah, he starts yeah. dating a ghost. Yeah, and he does date a ghost. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So so that's a great tease for for the the plot to come. But what I also wanted to say was that a cool aspect of these thriller books that'll also be new to you guys and maybe a little more fun than the whole Regina Morrow has died of a cocaine overdose slash heart problem thing, is mm-hmm. that they're set at the Sweet Valley News office and we've got the Wakefield twins doing really great intern work. Uh, Killing un- it. Unpaid internships, I'm afraid to say. But I hope they got a paycheck after this one because they really they they like their got life the on the scoop line. of the century. Yeah, absolutely. When did they start at the newspaper? Oh, get ready for this. This is exciting. It happens in the summer. Uh, okay, sure. So yeah, yeah. It it happens in a time that never comes in the main timeline. Right. Oh, so they're oh, trapped that is such in a amber. good way to do it, and that's not something Anne does. Anne no. includes like all seasons in her books, even though time is frozen in the Babysitters Club books as well. But I think wow. like she needs all the seasons. She's greedy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Reserving seasons <laughs> for for side books is such a good idea. So smart. Yeah. It's, Kudos it's, to you, Francine. I mean, the yeah. summer thing is especially clever because. <clears throat> There are just things that can happen in these summer books that, in theory, would inform the rest of their lives at high school at Sweet Valley High, but they right. never do because in Sweet Valley High, they've never had this internship at the Sweet Valley News. 
Wow. In their junior year at Sweet Valley High, that is to say. They're they're at the newspaper and they're going to get like their biggest assignment yet. They're going to be assigned to really be the assistant of some feature writer uh, for yeah. the for the paper. And they're ex- Elizabeth's more excited about it than Jessica. But yeah. Jessica's pretty excited about it. She's like pretty game. She's she, like I, so surprisingly like I don't know Jessica <laughs> that well, but I know her to be like not into anything except boys. And she does. She is into a boy. Well, that's man. true. Well, yeah. there is a little bit of talk at the beginning about how Jessica's like, how did I get roped into this newspaper job this summer? And Elizabeth, you and I are nothing alike. But she manages to find something to get psyched about. Like, she's yeah. excited about the possibility of covering, like, a new makeup line at the mall. Uh, yeah. yeah. And she gets to sign this, like, a art piece. And she's like, cool, that sounds awesome. Very cool, yeah. Yeah, I'll That's go to the gallery and, like, look at this new exhibition. Like, yeah, I'm really right. interested in Meanwhile, Elizabeth has got a, a juicy piece of, of work that she is really excited about that Jessica is not too keen on. And they, so each girl's been assigned a thing that they're much more excited about. So let's talk about Elizabeth's topic. It's the it's the big uh, Sweet Valley mayoral it's election. It's the mayoral election. It's the yeah. only thing anyone's really thinking about in Sweet Valley. Who it's, do you like for mayor, guys? I'll tell you who I like for mayor, the juicy piece of work you were talking about. Yeah, Kincaid. Kincaid <laughs> is the guy I like. Well, oh, well, no, the juicy piece of work is Seth, right? Well, Seth is, so Seth is like her boss, or like her editor. or like That's their boss. Co- That's, yeah. yeah. He's also she, sort of writing the the piece about the election, though, too, right? He does a lot yeah. of work. She had it, her too. eyes on Seth in the first thriller. I got the sense that he's a very good looking man. Uh, he writes mystery novels uh, yeah. in his spare time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's a fun thing about Seth. Doesn't come up in this book, weirdly enough, even though this is a mystery novel. But uh, yeah, I think and maybe- for, for folks who don't know, Seth um, is uh, the stepfather of Karen of Brewer, Karen Brewer. Yeah. Ooh, in the Babysitter's right. Club series. books. And so the Babysitter's Club books have a spinoff series called Little Sister. Right. And then Seth. Angle is the the stepfather of. I think that Christie's. might track because those books didn't start yeah. to like the mid nineties, right? So Seth yeah. could yeah. be a little older. Yeah. We don't know. Yeah. We don't know his history before he moves. I mean, I'm assuming to become a carpenter. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So he's a car- he eventually becomes a carpenter. So that's a right. spoiler, I guess. Yeah. Right. That's so now, called. gladiators, we're talking about Jack and Hanner's Patreon show. Yeah. That is yeah, about the babysitters. Little things. Pretty early in the show. Each month. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> I mean, I I remember I read those Little Sister books, but we're talking oh, about so Sweet did Valley. we, Marissa. Let me tell you, so did we. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you've read them much more recently <laughs> than I have. So we've got Miles Robinson, yes, and then we've got somebody named Russell Kincaid. They're Silver in Fox. the mayoral race. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, can I um? May I um? I, I won't be so presumptuous as to actually introduce a segment from our show. But we do have a segment from our show that's called Guessing the Mystery. And, and, and if you would like to introduce him, Marissa, yeah, <laughs> uh, giving sure. you the invitation to do so. All right. Okay. <laughs> you can guess in, but. what the segment is about. It's where you guess the mystery. And I, on page two, <clears throat> page two of this novel, got it. wrote down in my notes, Kincaid did it. <laughs> Yeah, right. Because yeah. why? Tanner, did you have a guess? It's... Or did you not do that? Because you were like, this is not our show. Yeah. No, I knew Kincaid did it too. He presents as a shifty gentleman. Francine is like, there are two people running for mayor. There's this one guy who's like, seems like a mayor type of dude. And then Kincaid is like, 
dark and broodingly handsome, like something out of a gothic novel. Well, let's read it. Let me me read it for you, Gladiator. So there are two pieces to this. One is that um, Kincaid is hot. Like he is a sexy And he's like in his 60s. Older, hot. Yeah. Yeah. So this is how this gets spelled out. So Jessica is really into Kincaid. And Elizabeth is like, he seems shifty. So Jessica is uh, arguing early on in the book in favor of uh, Kincaid. I still don't see why you want Miles Robinson to be mayor. I think this guy Kincaid is handsome. Her eyes sparkled. He looks like one of those guys you see on the cover of a gothic romance. Dark, rugged, muscular, you know. What Jessica said was true. Kincaid had enormous charisma. He was in his early 60s. That was the surprising beginning of a sentence, giving what Jessica has just said about him. I don't remember any of the models on gothic romance novels being in their early 60s, but whatever. (laughs) He was in his early 60s and was still a handsome man with angular, well-pronounced features and rugged good looks. But no one in Sweet Valley knew much about him. He had been a private businessman for years and had made a great deal of money. His business was described as import-export, but it wasn't exactly clear what that entailed. That's from Seinfeld. He's an importer. (laughs) Just imports, no exports? He's an importer-exporter, okay? Yeah, that's... I thought the same thing. And that Seinfeld stole that from this, because this is 88. Right? So... Yeah, I guess so. (laughs) Um, For your lawsuit, Larry David. (laughs) (laughs) We go on to describe, to hear a little bit more about what's up with Kincaid. It started to get creepy in a whole new political way as an American living in the 21st century. Because here's more about Kincaid. Seth is saying this. I wouldn't say he's a crook, Jess, but everything I've read about the guy makes me nervous. I think he's bad news. He frowned. Unfortunately, he seems to have a charismatic hold on people. He goes on. uh, There's also talk of some bad connections he's made in business. He owned a factory in Tijuana that was shut down by the government because of inhumane working conditions. His name has been linked to some people in the world of organized crime as well. But as I said, it's all just talk so far. People like Kincaid. He charms them into thinking he'll be a strong leader. He shrugged. Unless we can get some solid stuff on him, it looks as though he has a good chance of winning. Wow. And one of those one of those people who drank the Kool-Aid was Jess. She was like, I'll yeah. vote for him. She's like, no, he seems great. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Very sexy. <laughs> He's got my vote. <laughs> yeah, that's all she really cares about. That's all she's looking for in a, in a mayor. Um, also, she says something about how he seems like he would be a more exciting mayor, which that's just yeah. classic Jessica stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Well, if it's if it's ranked choice, like everyone's going to give ranked choice in, in in Sweet Valley. Yeah, are you sure? Do we know it what county say. Sweet Valley's in? Um, oh, you, said, you thought it was orange, but I thought it was orange. But then other signs point that it might be Los Angeles County. And I got to say, um, it's a it's one um, kind of failing of these books that it doesn't actually ever specify whether it's uh, ranked choice voting in Sweet Valley, yeah, California. Yeah, that seems I'm like afraid. a real error. Yeah. Never get into that. But to your point about guessing the mystery, it is kind of like, okay, why are we talking about this? Yeah, <laughs> it's not even much of a mystery because they essentially just spell it out. They're like, one guy's the bad guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but but Keep surely, surely you can't have guessed exactly what shape uh, Kincaid, like what oh, exactly? Certainly not. Kincaid's no, they, um, would have been. They this blew book my is mind. So with this book. full of <laughs> just like twists and turns, and like you can just never, never guess what's coming next. It's it's wild. McGuffins. There's a with. blue. There's a blue yeah. 
whatever Lamborghini or Porsche or something. Jaguar, silver blue Jaguar. Jaguar yeah. You already you already teased a ghost, so we know that's coming. Oh, there's a ghost. Yeah. This is where Nicholas Morrow comes in early on yeah. in the book. We haven't heard from Nicholas in a while, honestly, in the main series of books, but we learn that he's uh, been really depressed since his sister died. Um, Did we learn about that at least? Was there a book about Regina falling in with a bad crowd? There definitely was a book about that, yes. That sounds like a sad one. It was a very sad one. And then there was a whole other book about the kind of falling out of that where the girl whose house party it was is a pariah and almost runs away from town. Yikes. But she turned Bruce Pac-Man around. Yeah. Didn't she? Because he was... uh, This is what I learned from this book. I'm not sure if they they do it justice in the novel that describes it, but it sounds like Bruce Pac-Man finally saw the value of empathy. Oh, they definitely... It's it's definitely done justice. It's a big change that everyone is really noticing. Unfortunately, now in the 50s, Bruce Patman is definitely back to his uh, his old ways. Okay, Mm -hmm. yeah. That's mm-hmm. the Bruce Pac-Man I like, so I'm, <laughs> I'm glad. <laughs> yeah, you guys would recognize him yeah. uh, in these in these later books. Uh, but so Elizabeth and Jessica are going to this picnic that the Sweet Valley News is having. I can't believe we're only this far in the book right they now, but what are you going to do? Nicholas to come along. They're like, you're too mopey. Yeah. yeah. Come to our company picnic. Jesus Christ. There's, I can, I can name like... A million other things I would rather do yeah. than go to someone else's company picture. <laughs> I mean, in fairness, Elizabeth does have a good thought, which is that everybody that he knows in Sweet Valley reminds him of Regina because they all are students at Sweet Valley High. So at least this would be a place where he can meet some people that were not students at Sweet Valley High. Yeah, I mean, the types of people ghost. who go to a company picnic. <laughs> Yeah, and who he, are, you mean awesome. people who work at the newspaper, or yeah. people who are married to people who work at the newspaper? Uh, he's um he's a real it's it's a real antidote for depression, though I would say. I mean that's just well, he a goes. He fact. wants to go on a uh, yeah no that's true. He he like he wants to go on a walk, and he's, so I would say Elizabeth it's not because like, he makes his plans immediately clear once he gets to the picnic. He's like yeah, I'm gonna walk. To I'm gonna go cliffs. on a walk by myself. Yeah, if yeah. you don't and hear from me in a while, don't come. I'm gonna like me. go and do a Wuthering Heights. <laughs> Oh, there's some cliffs overlooking like a like rock like tumultuous ocean. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> splashing oh, yeah. against the rocks. I'm gonna go stand there and let my hair whip around his, my face. His very his and, dark hair, you know. Yeah, exactly. He's but Elizabeth is not gonna let this stand. She there's talk about how Nicholas has. Oh my goodness, he's been seeing a psychologist. Can you even believe it? He must truly have something wrong. Yeah, with Jessica. Him. Uh, Jessica has a very funny line. Well, which is like obviously bad, but it's funny how she delivers it. She's like, "Oh man, yeah. Oh, you got I it. I got yeah. it. Lila heard he's in such a bad shape. His parents are sending him to a psychiatrist." <laughs> <laughs> Oh, she man. frowned. Do you really think it's a good idea to bring him tomorrow? Oh, and they get in the car with him, and he talks about how he's been having bad dreams about Regina's death, and Jessica says out loud, "Ugh." It's awesome. <laughs> it rules. I love it. I love it. No, it's we've so actually good. very recently been talking about how these books maybe don't do a great job of like setting a precedent of whether or not it's okay to seek counseling when you're having emotional, uh, yeah. you know, pain. But there's also like direct reference to trauma, which is relatively rare in yeah. these books. Anyway, yeah, unfortunately, to... that whole plotline, even though it ties in so perfectly to the ending of the book, just gets dropped. Like there's yeah. not another mention of Regina. 
Yeah. And Nicholas is about to meet Barbara. Well, he, he moves on. He moves on. He meets his Barbara. ghost. He meets a ghost. He meets a ghost. <laughs> right. So uh, can you guys describe a little bit, like, you already said, Jack, about the cliffs, but, like, what was your impression of this this place in Renoma that that, that, that Elizabeth and Nicholas happen upon on this hike? Haunted. It's very uh, Midsommar vibes. Oh, okay. No, because- it's... There, there was a film that no one's ever seen or heard of that came out a few years ago called Crimson Peak, I think. Oh, or I saw something that. like that. Where it's about an old Victorian mansion that's haunted by a ghost that I think is Loki. Um, not the god, the guy who plays right. it. Right. Uh, and it's Victorian and old and like decrepit and obviously haunted. And that's what this place is too. It's like a See, old yeah. mansion buried in the woods. There's a senile old housekeeper yeah josine um, josine yeah and a ghost and a ghost and a ghost and, and a ghost the, the i have a passage and this is kind of where i got my midsummer vibes from it's cool. like i get like this is supposed to be like gothic romance to Definitely. a large extent but there's another side of it that like occasionally like barbara will show up in like a beautiful summery dress right and, like, barbara be, is like, the name this, of the girl yeah, of the go- of the girl <laughs> right. um here's a passage let me read this to you When he finally reached the clearing, it was humming with birds and insects, and the smell of flowers was overpowering. He squinted, trying to guess where in the shadows Barbara might be. Then he saw her emerging from a path across from him. She looked like a vision in a dream. Every time he saw her, he had to pinch himself to make sure he was awake. Her dress shone like silver in the twilight, and she had flowers in her hair. That's a very Midsommar. And it's midsummery. It's like it's like this on... is really nice, but something's terribly wrong. <laughs> Do you think he's on yeah. psychedelics like they were in Midsummer? I yeah, I would kind of assume so. Oh, and that's spoilers for Midsummer. Yeah. Although not really, it doesn't have any effect. I don't think like, it has that much bearing on the plot <laughs> at all. Not really. Uh, I don't think he is on psychedelics. I think maybe a just sort of a side effect of his of his trauma experience is that he seems to be um, kind of forgetful. Because yeah. uh, there's a lot of going over a plan of how he's going to approach Barbara's house uh, oh that I found pretty interesting. Um, the plan is the same every time. But but let's start by saying yeah. Nicholas falls immediately in love with this immediately. Barbara. She's yeah. a, she's he, a he meets an old timey woman Swiss in old timey outfits. Yeah. And she's so pleasant, and she wants to invite them in for tea, but she can't. And there's a lot of talk of like, I can't get into it now. I can't explain yeah. it to you now. There's something wrong. She's, she's got an she's got an uncle, yeah, right, an uncle. uncle but he's not really her uncle, but he's like her grandmother's cousin. Don't worry about it, guys. Don't worry about it. It's kind of yeah. Barbara's vibe. He's very like, strict. Yeah, I'm not, and like, don't worry about me. It's fine. And Nicholas really wants to see her again, but they run away because Barbara is being called, and she she looks so scared, like she's being called into the house, and she's so frightened. And Elizabeth and Nicholas get a glimpse of Uncle John, and he looks so terrible. And they leave Barbara's and go back to the picnic, and they tell Jessica all about it, and they're super worried about Barbara just based on the events of these few minutes. Right. And Nicholas is in love with her, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. also. He doesn't know her last name or her phone number. I, I don't right. know her last name. No, I, don't, I think we still don't. Well, a lot of ghosts don't have last names, and a lot of yeah. ghosts don't have phone numbers because they died before phones. Yeah, so. that's actually true. A lot of people don't realize that. They don't have right. cell phones or anything. 
because it's before. Well, she wouldn't have had a cell phone in this book anyway. Yeah. So yeah, I thought about that awesome. a lot. It was a really complicating factor for them that, that they had no cell phone. Well, because she's a ghost. And ghosts don't. And you can't call them. I mean, you can, but not with a right. phone. Because right. they died before phones. And a lot of people That's a good point. That. Thank you. But if even if she were Small not point. a ghost is what I'm saying, <laughs> she still wouldn't have had a cell phone. I think it's kind of both of our points. Yeah, I think we both made the point. I mean, at this point, there, there's no indication that she is anything but a ghost. Yeah, at she doesn't have a phone. That's all I need to know. <laughs> yeah. At this point in the book, it it is a little bit like, what on earth could possibly be going on here? Uh, yeah. Not for so, me. I was like, it's clearly a ghost. No phone. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so, That's, and I think yeah. there's also, I should say, I think at this point on their way out, they spot the silver blue jaguar in the yeah. driveway of Uncle John's house. Yes. And they're they're curious about that, but not curious enough to really investigate. <laughs> no, not yet. No. Well, why would they? It's just a car, you know? Yeah. yeah. So they they wonder <laughs> Nicholas has some line he says to Barbara, like, like, how could Uncle John ever be mean to you? He's your uncle, right? Yeah. Which seemed yeah. like a strange piece like, of yeah, logic. No, there's never been a mean uncle. <laughs> right. Yeah. In the history of, of both fact and fiction, all uncles are all very, always very nice to their nieces and grandnieces. Um, to Jack's earlier point, the silver blue jaguar in the driveway is the point in which I guess the mystery. That's ah, when yes. you guess the mystery. Yep. You were like, you okay. know what kind of guy sounds like he would drive a silver blue jaguar? Yeah. Russell Kincaid. businessman who's running Import export. Russell Kincaid. Yeah. yeah. Then the mystery was, what's he doing at this house? Yeah. Why is he doing it? Well, yeah. so and ev- I will say, literally impossible to guess. That oh, is yeah. tough to guess. Yeah. <laughs> that is well, tough to guess. Partially because the book through Barbara is is not like purposefully withholding information from us, right? Like yeah. uh, she's not going to tell what's going on, but gradually the information comes out. <clears throat> that doesn't seem like it has any bearing on anything. Barbara's mother was born to another a, a woman, a mother herself, you might say, mm-hmm. Barbara's grandmother, whose name was mm-hmm. also Barbara, who had the same birthday as Barbara, and furthermore, exactly. looked exactly like Barbara, Yep. and also died on her 21st birthday when she fell off of those cliffs yeah. out by... The house, the the cliffs that Jack was referring to earlier, yeah. and that it is uncanny the ocean, I how much they look like each other. It's just uncanny. wild. Yeah. So I mean, it's, no so, they look can, so much alike that yeah. Joe seen the the housekeeper sort of like, can't keep it straight. Right, she's and that's the, one of the first things we learned about her is that she's yeah. she's a little addled. Um, she confuses Barbara for. Barbara a lot, which uh, is is confusing as a reader as well. It <laughs> is. It like was Barbara. confusing as a reader. Yeah. Yeah. And Uncle John repeatedly kind of forces young Barbara to walk along <laughs> the cliffs. Uh, oh, she's afraid of them too, though. She, she is she afraid has of a, them. She has a, a deep fear of the cliffs, but Uncle John makes her walk the dog. Uncle John is like, you got, you have to, you have to dress up in like a weird old timey dress and walk along the cliffs with your to, dog to He's help like, her okay. get over her fear. Sure, right, that's the story. <laughs> well, we says. have to tell the audience about Rory. <laughs> oh, sure, Rory's the dog. That's a dog, and they don't have a – so there's a thing for movies. And I can't remember what it's called, but it's like you can look up whether the dog's going to die in the movie. And I need that because I can't be right with a thing if they're going to I was kill worried the dog. about you, Jack. Yeah. So this whole damn book, I was like, fuck, is the dog going to be okay? And the dog doesn't seem to be okay for a, a large for a portion time, of the book. Yeah. Right. So one of the things that is an important motivator in terms of Barbara cooperating with all of these – 
things that we gradually learn are things her uncle is, is forcing her to yeah. do. Like uh, wear old timey clothing and never leave the house. Like she can't yeah. see anybody. Don't make she friends. Don't yeah, she can't have any friends. She can't <laughs> date boys, which is a big problem for Nicholas. Part of the reason that she goes along with that is because Uncle John has a little bit of power over her and that he threatens to like hurt or discipline Josine somehow which would hurt Barbara's feelings, or he threatens to, like, take her dog away. And at one point, he makes good on this threat, right? He takes Rory away. The dog disappears. Well, he threatens to to throw the dang dog off the cliff a lot, He he does kick the dog at one point. Yeah, he does. Which I By this point, we have... The girls and Nicholas witnessed this. So at some point, they, like... I think it's on their second visit to Barbara. They all meet up with her in the woods. I don't know why the twins keep coming along for these little visits. Yeah, well, I think it has a little bit to do with Uncle John, or the book would have us believe. At first, I think they think that Nicholas is like persona non grata because he's a boy, and Barbara's not allowed to date. And so maybe if it's not just a boy coming by, but it's like friends coming by, that that would be cool. No, this guy is not cool with any of that. But like Barbara yells at them and tells them to flee, and they don't. They just hide behind like a bush, and they watch the interaction between uncle john and and uh barbara and he kicks the dog yeah and and nicholas wants to just go like level this dude do a big fight yeah he wants to go yeah punch him as do we as the readers yeah i wanted to yeah but the girls the the twins stop him right and they go they go back to the the place where they always park nicholas's jeep in the same place in obvious in in clear sight i know every time Every time along the road up to the house, yeah. I mean, this is the pattern of the story, right? Nicholas shows up at Barbara's house. He tosses some pebbles to get her attention out the window. She comes down and she says, we can't meet here. Not like this. Not now. But they meet somewhere anyway. And then they talk about how much they love each other. And then Uncle John shows up or, or they can hear footsteps and she has to run back. Also, one of the things that makes Barbara able to leave the house to sneak away is that Uncle John is frequently meeting with some guy, somebody who comes to the right. house. And that's the guy in the silver blue Jaguar. It's not it's it. He he forces her to leave while the guy in the silver blue Jaguar is there. Right. He right? especially like, likes it if she'll go take rory for a walk on the cliffs when the guy in the silver blue jaguar is there he really likes when that that's when the mystery should have clicked into place for all of us but Uh, i will say francine slash kate um slash whoever are are maybe not the greatest mystery writers i'm like okay tanner come on (laughs) (laughs) well they're not the greatest mystery writers you failed to guess the mystery no that's the definition of a really good mystery they baked your noodle yeah. <laughs> well, here is a clue to, I don't know, maybe things should have complicated somewhat. Um, something that happens, uh, this is fairly late on in the book, is that Nicholas is talking to the twins. Like, basically, Nicholas and the twins have conspired to free Barbara from this prison. They, they talk a lot about calling the cops. They talk a lot about, but there's always a reason not to, which is which is pretty much always true in Sweet Valley. Um, yeah. Especially in the thrillers. I'm yeah. broadly, I, I, I was like broadly on board with the plausibility of they're not calling the cops in this. Because, I mean, like, like what are they there's no reason they couldn't like tell their parents or like, right. but th- like if this were a movie, they would call the cops and the cops would like check in and the guy would be like, yep, I live here. Or if it was like a dark right. movie, the cops would check in and the, the cops would like 
insist on coming in and then Uncle John would like kill the cop. You yeah, know? exactly. There's no, it's not, you might as well just not call the right. cops. Um, I bought it. Like they just don't have quite enough evidence. And this is like, this is what Francine and Kay do so well is um, they don't give us much evidence. It's like something shady's going on here. But oh, so your uh, stance is that they're actually really good mystery writers. They're excellent mystery writers, yeah, and they okay. nailed it. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Um, but like, I don't know. It makes sense if you if you like went to someone's house and uh, you met them for the first time, and it seemed like their uncle was mean. Like yeah, that's yeah. not that's really enough to that's call happened, the cops. That's actually happened to me quite a few times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you're right. I never once thought to call the cops. No, you never once. Yeah, yeah you wouldn't. <laughs> yeah, I, that tracks. Okay. So there's this other element in the book that we alluded to at the beginning of our conversation, which is this painter story that Jessica is covering. Yeah. Um, there, and she's not like having a, much luck. There's like an artist retreat village in Renoma County. It is in Renoma. And um, there's a moment here where Jessica says to Liz, don't you think it's a weird coincidence that Lazaro's artist colony was in Renoma? Yeah, it is weird. Elizabeth agreed. <laughs> Up until last week, neither of them had ever heard of Renoma. Now it was suddenly all they talked about. Up until last week, it didn't exist. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe the Renoma decided it existed. Renoma as a whole is a kind of a ghost in a way, you know? Yeah, wow. Yeah. And, yeah. and Lazarus is Paul Lazarus, who's this old artist who started this is he is he like a known quantity in the sweet Valley universe no no i mean as they mentioned in the in the book jessica's like am i just uh slow here like i never heard of this guy have you ever heard of him elizabeth and she hasn't either yeah but he He becomes pretty key to the plot though again you would never know that at this point though because, well, because another thing that they well, find... Well, because Francine and Kate are such gifted right, right. mystery Yeah, writers. they're so good at it. Yeah. Well, here's another little breadcrumb we get. Elizabeth, meanwhile, in her research about Russell Kincaid, they're both... And for her guy's article, whoever she's supporting, the writer she's supporting, she uncovers the fact that Russell Kincaid really wanted to be a painter um, when yeah. he was a kid. That's interesting. Well, it yeah. seems like it's not, but... It turns out in retros- in retrospect to have been interesting right. at the time. It's it, the mark it's of a really good as a rep- yeah, and it's a mark of a yeah. really great mystery actually. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. That's I mean yeah. Uh, as an aside, I found it so trippy to be reading about this guy. Like we know he's not that old. He's he's sixty one. That he graduated from high school in like nineteen forty five. Like she's looking at his old yearbook and it was right. really like hard to wrap my head around that. Like that was before either of my parents were born. But this <laughs> character in this book. 1945 what, was literally yeah. the end of World War II. That was like, <laughs> yeah. it was a different world at yeah. that point. It just really hits home sometimes. It's like, oh yeah, this was the 80s. The 80s was a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Speak for yourself. Speak for yourself. I know, it's just like time. Time marches forward, right? Like, it shouldn't be shocking, and yet somehow it's surprising all over again. And also surprising is that Josine is increasingly getting... Uh, Josine like is the worst in this book. Josine, She's... I'm not interested in, in you or your The bullshit. bizarre part is, like she's, like, she's senile. She's very old, and she's senile, but every now and then she'll have the she'll have these, like, weird moments of clarity. Right. Where she seems to fully understand exactly what's going on. Well, and she later admits that she's, like, kind of faking it. <laughs> right, but under duress. 
under duress. I'm not Josine. I, there are like a, a bunch of different ways that Josine could have handled. Well, this. it's it's also strange. <laughs> like she's faking it when Uncle John is nowhere near around, too. You know, yeah. Josine. Like, do, to what do you have a phone, Josine? No, she's Why don't, maybe she's a ghost. Too. Maybe she's a ghost. Well, okay, here's now something I'm realizing that she Barbara tells ghost. Nicholas about Josine. It's like her house, right? It's her Essentially, house. Right. Because Uncle John, spoiler alert, is not related to any of them at all. He just <laughs> not like, even a little, no. Trick this old woman yeah. into going along with his scheme, which will get Including kind of pretending to be senile. Anyway, sorry, yeah. Mercy, you were going to read a passage. Well, she I mean, doesn't this is, it's, it just goes to show you what, like, you know, a guy comes in real blustery and you've got this old lady and she's just, like, afraid for her life. So she lets him take over. Okay. It's, it is a little weird. Well, like, how did that happen that in the way. first place, yeah. John? Or Josine? Yeah. Like, yeah. Okay. I mean, she could call the. I just think she should call, could call the cops. Oh, phone. definitely, she should. She should have written she's a letter not, she to have Barbara's the phone parents. She's a ghost. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, well, they're in. Well, she can't write a letter to Barbara's parents, Marissa. They're on an yeah. expedition in Greece. <laughs> yeah. Come on. Well, she could have written a covert letter to Barbara. She like slipped it under ghost the door. Ghost Barbara. No. Well, I'm talking about the real Barbara. But I, but I realized Young that we're, that's the same person. What we're talking about is the same person. This morning, she came in and tried to give me a pair of cufflinks. She kept saying, they're Jack's. I saved them for you. When I asked her who Jack was, she started to cry, and she kept mumbling, he needs you, Barbara. You're all he ever had. I get that a lot. Wow, that sounds pretty frightening, Nicholas said. It was, Barbara confirmed. The strange thing is that she'll be fine for hours, sometimes even days. And then something seems to remind her of the past, and she slips back into another world. My birthday is really upsetting her. She keeps following me around with a haunted look on her face, crying. Barbara shivered. Something terrible must have happened to my grandmother on the night of her birthday. Josine won't tell yeah. me what it is, but the way she cries and throws her arms around me, I'm sure of it. She begs me to stay away from the cliffs, tells me she has to protect me. So, yeah, things are getting so weird I, up at Bayview, <coughs> Josine, Bayview House, which is what this place is called. I don't think we mentioned yeah. Oh, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. Like an estate name. Uh, Josine confused me so much because it's like, is she senile or is she just... Pretending to be senile under duress from Uncle John's threats. Because it seems yeah. like the latter. It's a little bit the latter. She's putting, she's like not all there, but she's also laying it on. It, it is kind of amazing that someone who is a little bit not all there is able to lean into it. Yeah. Like, no, that's that a good you point. could like dial up that notch. Yeah. That seems unexpected. Right. Because the great mystery. Even in that scene you were reading, it seems like she is playing up. The fact that she thinks young Barbara is old dead Barbara, but only for the sake of selling this narrative that young Barbara is old yeah. dead Barbara for the sake of the mystery in this book that will eventually. You think she's old dead Barbara, but like in the past of old dead Barbara. You're like, something's going to happen to you on your birthday. It's right. like, well, <laughs> which but Uncle is John like, does <laughs> threaten. Yeah, he's bad. He does yeah. threaten to kill her on her birthday. He's and bad, and he does threaten to kill her on her birthday, and I'm not voting for his brother in any no. Oh, spoiler alert. Okay. <laughs> well, so this Paul Lazaro exhibit finally starts, right? Yeah. He's this artist that Jessica is covering his, his artist opening that 
is he's very famous, but nobody's heard of him. Right. And they find out a bunch of information about him gradually. They, they keep on going to this place called the morgue, like the news morgue, where old news stories are kept at the yeah, news. Cool. That's cool. I like that. that was That's cool. cool. I would love to be the guy who, like, in the movie of this, I would be like to be the guy who, like, runs the news morgue. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> come <laughs> right. up to my, like, little cage window. Yeah. <laughs> Just like, yes. I, I don't know why. For some reason, I was tempted to say, I'll keep that in mind. As if somehow this movie is. I think if anyone's making the movie, it's going to be. Well, you work in Hollywood, you know. (laughs) You can make this happen. (laughs) Maybe someday. Maybe someday. This would be one. This would be a good one to make into a movie. Although um, we can talk about this more in the extra drama episode. But I might argue that uh, much of this book has already been made into a movie by Alfred Hitchcock. But uh, interesting. So they're at this exhibit, or and they're doing the research, and they find out that Paul Lazaro's daughter, Barbara, died on the cliffs on her 21st birthday, and it's just like, oh, this is all, you know, he has this painting of her daughter, and they see the painting in the exhibit, and it's like, holy shit, that's, oh, that's our Barbara. Barbara. That's and that leads Barbara Jessica to say, I can't stand it, Jessica moaned. She's got the same name as her grandmother and the same birthday? You guys, this is weird. I think Barbara is a ghost. <laughs> yes, yes, thank you. Thank you, Jess. I agree. <laughs> Thank you, Jess. And everyone's That's like what I've pretty. Been saying this whole yeah. episode, okay. and every time Apparently. I say it, Marissa rolls her eyes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm just thinking of poor Nicholas, who really doesn't want to be in love with a ghost. I mean, his damn sister just died. Like he's trying to Why move past. It's that. awesome cool. to be That's in love with a ghost. You can say that to okay. people at a party. Let me, like, hey, okay, hang on. He's like, oh, way. sorry, my dad can't leave the cliffs because she's a Let's ghost. Let's parse this for a second. This is a guy who goes on a solitary walk along the romantic cliffs and sees somebody dressed in like a 50s summer dress who's the most beautiful girl he's ever seen, but there's like something mysteriously wrong with her as she like shimmers into view. And he's not somebody who wants to fall in love with a ghost. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't thought about it that way. <laughs> that sounds like a prime candidate. What do you call that? Paraphilia? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, and you know what Nicholas would really like about if Barbara were really a ghost is that she would have to stay in the same place all the time so he could just like Perfect. would like that. there. Well, yeah. and you know what else is nice? She can't die again. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's you true. Don't know of, all right. Yeah. Well, yeah. Put it on the ghost. list, on the, the old bucket list. Date a ghost. Yeah. 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 The twins and Nicholas, they don't know what they're doing, but, like, somehow they're just trying to, like, free Barbara from whatever it is that's going on at Bayview House. They don't know. But here's something that struck me. So, at the beginning of Chapter 9, okay, you guys, Nicholas whispered, let's go over the plan one more time. All right? So, he's got a plan. Here's the plan. First of all, remember, we have to be as quiet as possible, right? Sure, Jessica mumbled. Elizabeth just nodded. The plan is... To sneak up behind the house and get Barbara's attention by throwing pebbles. Yeah, it's not a good plan. <laughs> but if anyone comes out, if you see her uncle anywhere, just run back to the Jeep as fast as you can. <laughs> good. He's, a, he's an old man. You could probably outrun him. Not only is it a dumb plan, it's exactly the same thing that Nicholas has been doing every time he goes to Barbara's house. Exactly the same thing. Well, and he also, like, at one point gets, like, his wheels all, his tires all slashed and his windshield broken. And there's, like, a note that's, like, leave my... My Nicholas is not firing on all cylinders. This he has whole to novel. he has to hitchhike to the next town over and like call a tow truck and get his car repaired and it's his Jeep is going to be in the shop for for a few days. I mean, it Does can't be that long because he's driving at, it again soon. In any way, though, he's just like, well, yeah, I got <laughs> I got that kind of money. 
Yeah, I'll he replace does have all that kind of money and a windshield. Yeah, yeah, that's a uh, rich white guy privilege for I you. I can do right this there. all day, Uncle John. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what context this is in, but I do have another highlighted passage here um, that I liked a lot. Oh, I can help find the context. Great, perfect. She might as well be a ghost, he thought, his heart breaking. It seemed there was no way he could protect her or rescue her from whatever or whoever was threatening her. Whomever. He loved her with all his heart, but he couldn't seem to take her from her world into his. Now that's deep, huh? Right. So I think that's probably in reference to the film Ghost. <laughs> right. Um, where Patrick Swayze wants to invite... Who is that? Demi Moore. No, Demi it's, Moore. Can I stop Demi you Moore into his lovemaking, but he can't because it's. He says from from her world into his. It's from. Well, the, it's, re- it's reversed. It's from the Jet Li film, The One. Right, the multiverse. Right? The, where it's the multiverse, where if you haven't seen it, which I hope you have, because it really is an important movie. Um, there are like there are. I don't did know how tell, many versions. Did you tell your? listeners to watch the the one before this yeah sorry i don't want to describe it if you've already told people to watch the one i'm trying to think back over um the past like 55 to 60 episodes oh I'm you must like, last, week, last week on the outro last week you're like i'm gonna have jack and tanner on please do watch the one jetley's the yeah. one okay okay did you do all right that? i probably did that gladiators okay. wherever you're listening to this I, I did that right i think i did that yeah yeah okay well, I I won't describe too much of it, but it's a multiverse, and there are uh, let's say thirteen different versions of you. And if you kill every version of you, you except your actual self, you gain all their strength and power. Right. And so that's what he's saying, like bringing her into his world. Right. You can't that's do what that you do. because it would be dangerous. You would get the other powerful. version of Jet Li into your world, and then it would make yeah. you more powerful if you kill them. Yeah. Okay, and that's what he wants. That's a no, good. He doesn't thing. want I mean, that. He's a, he's afraid yeah. of that because she would become too powerful if she killed yeah. him. This version of Barbara, yeah, which she, I think she already has, or someone has. Sure, okay. She got but you can't kill a ghost twice. That's something. This is basic stuff that we've already established, right. I think. God. Right. Mm-hmm. And this is why this book is just so impenetrable. You know, like yeah. <laughs> and it's <laughs> why it's such a good Francine mystery. Lives all of this on us. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, yeah. so we're getting close to the climax here, and uh, <laughs> oh no, we're not. not. We are miles away <laughs> from the climax. Oh, okay. Nicholas right. takes takes Barbara out to dinner. <laughs> oh, I thought we were just skipping all that. Oh you no, talk about that's that? so crucial. All right, so please crucial. Go, tell tell us, tell us Nicholas all about the takes, dinner. Nicholas insists on sneaking Barbara out of her house. She says she's sick, so Uncle John won't come check on her, and because he's, I guess, like a germaphobe. And he, she sneaks out the window, and they go to dinner. And on the it's way, it's such a bad idea. There's so many is. weird things happen. Like the valet parker, parking attendant recognizes her. Or yeah. some like I can't remember who it is now. Like someone recognizes her, and then they go into the restaurant, and they see Russell Kincaid. Yeah. Except they don't know it's Russell Kincaid. And Barbara doesn't see him. And Barbara doesn't see him. Just Nicholas. Which and doesn't he, really matter, except that she might notice that he is like ogling her in shock and horror. Yeah. Russell Kincaid's just like completely flabbergasted. Like immediately gets up and pays and leaves. And Nick, Nicholas Morrow's like, but That's Nicholas weird. Morrow. Like at no point, like he recognizes that that's probably the guy who's driving the Jaguar, and yeah, because like, that Jaguar oh, is in the parking the, lot. Yeah, they see the. Jaguar but at no point lot. is he like this. Like he doesn't know what the situation is with this dude and Uncle John. He's at no point is he like I'm putting her in danger. No, he's <laughs> like we're caught. Shit. He's like flaunting like, her. 
No, even he's like, though, oh, I better keep this from her. Even <laughs> though the whole Jeep smashing thing, I believe, has already happened at this point. It has, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's bad. And then Nicholas, and then bad. Russell Kincaid immediately gets up and leaves, and Nicholas is like, well, I'm gonna enjoy my dinner. Yeah. yeah. Well, maybe he really does think that Barbara is a ghost because he's not worried about her getting killed again. Oh, right. Yeah. No. Oh, twice. okay. So Jesus. he knows so we, again. And this is wheels this. within wheels. He, so yeah. he knows. Oh, and he doesn't care yeah. if he dies because then he'll be able he's to destroy Barbara. He's a ghost. And Ashloth, like Beetlejuice style, you know? Oh, like uh, uh, the 90s Casper movie with Christina Ricci. Yep. Is that remember? what happens in that? If she dies, she wants to die so that she can be with Evan Sawa forever? If I remember, I haven't seen it since I was maybe nine. But. Man, the '90s were dark, man. Yeah, yeah, definitely, and the <laughs> '80s. So. Yeah, they go back to Uncle John's house, and of course, Russell Kincaid is like there. He's he's fled back to. Well, it's just like the the Jaguar is already parked in the place it's always parked on the side of the road. Right. Apparently, yeah. there's no other way to get into Bayview House other than this one road and this one path. Because yeah. there is another time in the book where once again. Uh, Nicholas is like, hey, okay, twins, so do you know what the plan is? And I thought to myself, wouldn't it be funny if the plan was exactly the same again? <laughs> yeah. And then yeah. I read... How long do you usually record for? Two and a half hours? Three? <laughs> no. <laughs> we'll get there. Then I read... Let me just tell you the plan first, Nicholas said. He looked up at the house and frowned. It's really foggy up there. It may be hard to see. I'm going to run up behind the house and try to get Barbara's attention by throwing pebbles at her window. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Whoever answers, just distract them. If it's Josine, keep talking to her while I sneak Barbara out back through the woods. It didn't work yeah. the first five times. Uncle John literally caught me at every single time. Yeah. yeah. Well, and it's but. so weird that the twins are helping him again, too, because at this point, the twins are even more afraid for their lives. They're trying to get a scoop. Oh, that's true. But there was that scene where Elizabeth is is uh, at the newspaper office, and Jessica calls to talk to her, and it's, like, late at night, very spooky stuff. Oh, yeah. It op- the novel opens. They do a cool thing where they, like, at the beginning of this novel, they give this passage. It's the first page as, a, like, a teaser for the scariest part of the novel. Did you oh, read, I you, skipped it. Are you aware of this? Yeah. Oh, you, it's smart to skip it. So like the first, literal first page of the book is that. And then it, it dives into it. That's for the like, people who are like in the bookstore that's, just flipping through stuff. And they're like, what is this? Like, about? Holy shit. Yeah. 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 Uh, but it's a phantom phone caller. Oh, sure. Sure. Well, that's really your area of uh, expertise. Yeah. We're pretty familiar with phantom phone callers. Well, yeah, it's this like I'll... a sex deviant in the Babysitter's Club books, but in this one, yeah. it's Liz. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, this teaser also does the uh, work of putting the potential buyer of the book under the impression that this book is really about Jessica and Elizabeth instead oh, of about right. Nicholas Morrow and a ghost. It's about Nicholas Morrow and a ghost from Switzerland. Who oh, from Switzerland. That's important, too, actually. Yeah. These books are obsessed with Switzerland. Oh, really? And, and Nicholas never even says, hey, you know what? My sister was in Switzerland getting uh, her ear, her hearing fixed before she was killed. Uh, never brings it up because he never mentions his sister to Barbara. Oh, you mean killed by like the cartels? Uh, oh, that's true. It's killed is not really the word. But I mean, in a way, like all of the bad like kids conspired in a way sure, to get sure, her sure. at that party. Yeah, you know, yeah, fate, yeah. fate killed her. Yeah. Too. As it does us all. Yeah. True. I don't know why the twins agree to go on this perilous There's no reason. journey into the woods to save Barbara from her Uncle John, but they do. It's it's the weirdest thing in the world. They all go up there. They're like, here's the plan. 
One of us is going to go to the back door and throw pebbles at, at Barbara's window. I volunteer for that, Nick says. And yeah. then he says, one of you needs to stay here at the car and be our getaway driver. And Jessica's like, I'll fucking do that. <laughs> no, no, no. Je- and Jessica then he's like, wants to go. She- and then he's like, and then one oh, of you yeah. needs to go to the front door and like distract Uncle John. And Jessica's like, I'll do that. And Nicholas is like, no, we're going to draw straws. Why? Jessica volunteered. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) There's only three of you. Yeah. Well, look, they're selfless. Each Wakefield twin really wants to be the one who puts herself in danger. Are we allowed to talk about the cover of this? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We must talk about the cover. Oh, we must, right? Yes. I thought we did. Uh, Well, so I I don't want to preempt you. Do we do it? No, please. Let's talk about it now. No time like the present. Okay. they're both scared in such interestingly different ways in the yeah. cover of this book. Don't they look beautiful? They do they look do really look beautiful. beautiful. Yeah. They look lovely. I don't usually take the time to and say that. And you can that, really but... see why one of them is a nerd and one of them is cool. You know? Yeah. So they're, it's like the two of them and they're both scared. And then behind them is like a gothic looking like mansion Very and the cool cliffs and the uh, sunset. Unusually cool backdrop yeah. for an early Sweet Valley book. Usually and just in blank nothing space. Oil painting background. Oh, yeah. What Hodges Swallow has done here. <clears throat> yeah. James is that, Matthews, but I get, I get your meaning. It, okay. Sorry, Dave Matthews did the art. <laughs> James. James Matthews. Is he related to Dave The Matthews? artist I think has, it was his, his grandmother's uh, <laughs> <laughs> The artist has depicted them both like reacting to something in a completely idiosyncratic ways. Indeed. Elizabeth is saying, like, oh, fuck, someone's going to kill me, I think. No, she almost looks like she's looking at something, like, embarrassing something that's... Her, looking at something her fingers. That's we're all doing it, but the... Embarrassing something that's happening, happening to someone else. You know, she's just like, oh, God, I, yeah. I'm glad that's not me. Her fingertips are framing her mouth, which is in an O. And then shape. Jessica... Uh, to me, Jessica, what she's got her, like, hand on her throat, and she, her expression is like, I can't believe he said that. I know. Yeah. It's, here's the problem is like, this scene never happens in the book. Well, I never. Um, That's they're true. never in the same place where they're being scandalized by the same oh, thing. Oh, maybe this is when goat. Uncle John is kicking Rory. That could oh, be. that could be right. That might be it. Okay. And that actually works because Jessica's like, oh, man, what the hell? That's so like. Look at the cover and think crass. about it. And it really tracks. Yeah. yeah no, that, that could be, be it. But yeah. they So they go to the Uncle John's house to save Barbara and Liz gets pistol whipped she sure does yeah. poor liz she's really she, been like, through the she rigor tri- she's she's on her way to just dis- she is uh, she trips and John sprains and her she ankle trips and sprains her ankle come on and then she's just like lying there in the woods and eventually jess comes and finds her finds her and she's like okay i'm gonna go do your part of the plan you lie yeah. here yeah and <laughs> don't die <laughs> And she yeah. can't even do that she can't know, even do uncle that. john comes along with a gun and instead of shooting her he just cracks her over the head with it yeah. Yeah. Drags is, her back to the house. I mean, good thing. I'm glad he was reluctant to use the gun. Um, because he's he certainly doesn't seem oh, to he mind. He uses the gun. <laughs> well, he was also that's true. That's but true. this is to my point about the dog. This dude seems like a very sketchy guy. But he, well, he like no why didn't he kill Barbara the dog? Dying, you know? It's yeah. because he literally is a Scooby Doo villain. He doesn't want to hurt anyone. He just wants yeah. to scare Russell he King. wants to scare his brother. Yeah, right. So we learn now that Uncle John is actually Russell Kincaid's brother, who Russell Kincaid was in business with, but abruptly left out of his business. Because he wanted to run for mayor, <laughs> right? For some reason, he because he wanted to be popular. You know, yeah. he just wanted the pe- the love of the people. 
that he. This is a lot like Elizabeth and Jessica. Holy shit! (laughs) Oh, right. They were twins. They should have been twins. That's what that's what Francine is trying to say, right? That's this is it. Like he wanted to be popular, and that was what he cared about ultimately. This is that's we've we haven't read that many Sweet Valley books, but it's always ends with Liz doing some overly elaborate scheme to embarrass Jessica. Yeah, and that's exactly what's happening here. Yeah, Uncle John has has developed this is an overly that. elaborate scheme to scare and embarrass Russell Kincaid into not running for mayor. This is that. It's just like heightened, a heightened version of it. It's and that's so interesting. And uh, baby bees. That's the mystery here. Yeah, Russell we say gladiators on the show. I think gladiators. It's true, but I was going to let it slide. Sound yeah. right. Baby bees. I think is right. <laughs> um, they. Uncle John has developed this entire plot to trick Russell Kincaid into thinking that the ghost of Barbara is back to scare yeah. him into right. Barbara. Yeah, Russell Kincaid is the one who pushed Barbara off of the It was a long time ago. He was in yeah. love with her, and she yeah. was secretly married to this guy named Jack. Jack. She even had a secret baby, and Russell found out and was jealous, and he was literally it's like, Barbara's if she mom. can't have uh, yeah. me, oh, wait, if I can't have her, no one can. Right, right. So. Verbatim. Yeah, and and that's the that's the mystery, and the girls sort of uncover this when they realize that Liz and Rory the dog are in the garden shed. Well, but before that happens, <laughs> Jessica and Nick actually see Russell oh, Kincaid uh, fall to his death. Oh, wrestling, right, yeah. he's like wrestling young Barbara on the cliff. Right. Somehow, her siren song accidentally. I don't know why. Why would your yeah. if you saw a ghost? Of someone you killed, why would you? You can't kill a ghost. Wrestle them. With, we know this. It's the central premise of this book. They can't I, die twice. I feel like Russell Kincaid's motivation must have been, "You darn ghost, get out yeah. of here!" No, yeah. you you want to tell people I killed you, but you better not. Yeah, I think that's what he was going to yell at her. You because know? he, like, I. So for folks who are listening, maybe this is obvious to you, but maybe it's not. Like Russell Kincaid has been fooled into thinking that. The this granddaughter is. is the Barbara. ghost of his grandmother, who was his girlfriend, but who didn't but he murdered really like him and, <clears throat> and got away right. with her murder. Not yeah. even his girlfriend. So he yeah, died. Not his his, ri- his rival's girlfriend. Yeah, and and yeah. young Barbara also falls off the cliff. But yeah, but she, uh, she gets rescued by Nicholas. Dramatically, yeah. Yeah. yeah, she's like hanging on the edge, like in a thriller. Very sweet. A super nice. thriller. And, and like he did a good job in the end. He thriller. did a good job in the end. If he hadn't showed up, it was a bad plan. The stones of the window, the whole thing is bad. But if he had not been there, things might have turned out pretty badly. We're getting to a part of the book where I did have an oh, oh my, my God, God moment. moment. That's okay. the moment when I'm reading these books and say out loud, oh my God. Okay. This time it was a happy oh my God moment. Believe it or oh. not, against all odds. The first thing she was aware of when Barbara flung open the door, this is the door to like an old studio space where Elizabeth is tied up. The first thing she was aware of when Barbara flung open the door was the sound of barking. Rory was running around them in frantic circles, intoxicated with joy at finding his mistress again. Come on, Francine. Don't do this to me. Um. (laughs) Rory's alive. I think it's really surprising because all we know about Rory is that Rory barks incessantly. And I've known terriers like that, right? Like they do that. That's accurate. How do they not hear him in the the shed for that many days? For for like weeks at this point. Somehow Uncle John has kept him shut up. Kudos to Uncle John for going out there every day, keeping Rory company. Feeding the dog, taking him for a walk. Yeah. (laughs) I'll tell you what my oh my God moment was. 
Oh, please. How little Ned and Alice Wakefield gave a shit about their daughter being pistol. <laughs> <laughs> they like go and meet them at the hospital and they're like, you're good, right? And Liz is like, yeah, I guess. She's like, yeah, like, great, fine. we're going to go back home. Well, they're yeah. like, they're like, tell us, tell us what, what the fuck happened here. And she's like, oh, well, we'll wait for Jess to get here. And they're like, okay. <laughs> like no, <laughs> like <laughs> I think it's the other way around. Not to not to correct you. Like Jessica is like, no, let's wait till we're allowed to go see Elizabeth, and then we can tell you together. And then I'm picturing the next like 45 minutes in the waiting room of the hospital. Yeah. like they're just staring at the ceiling. Uh, like they just okay. don't give a shit. They're like, yeah, whatever. It's a super yeah. mystery or super thriller. Yeah. Like this is gonna yeah. happen, you know? Yeah. So then the, then they they get a full confession out of Uncle John who. Who gives it easily? This Who gives now it this easily, is, and yeah. they're like allowed to just be there. Yeah, yeah. They're like, yeah, you they're guys like can stay for the confession, confession yeah. room. Jessica's yeah. at the police station till two a.m. This is where we get into the um, the world of the um, the babysitters club mysteries, because that often will happen in a babysitters club where the villain mystery. will sort of like admit to everything. He'll confess, and like the 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 sergeant will be like, "Hang on, wait a second, like." These five 13 year old girls need to hear this <laughs> and they'll like all like file into the like yeah. interrogation room. They'll they'll also be there when you get the lethal injection. Yeah. <laughs> well, and if, if I'm not mistaken, the police in Stony Brook are not necessarily the greatest. Oh, except of... one of them. I don't remember yeah. his name okay. now. Sergeant Johnson. Sergeant Johnson. He's the coolest. <laughs> Yeah, he's the he best. loves the girls. He invites them on all his kids. Well, he's also, I mean, but this like kind of backs up Marissa's point. He's always like, all right, I've got to, I got to go to my source. I, I really don't have any leads on this one. I've got to go to my source. Her name is Dawn Schaefer. Like she always <laughs> seems to know what's going on. Well, She's honestly, vegetarian. that follows the pattern of these thrillers a little bit too, because I kept thinking how strange it was now having read three of them that um, the police haven't said anything like, boy, Jessica Wakefield, you sure are spending a lot of time here at the station telling us about crimes. Like, what's that about? <laughs> like, there's not a lot of acknowledgement of the fact that they have already essentially like solved two murders in. This in, is a uh, major one too. The, oh, yeah. the mayor did a murder in the past and was involved in a like yeah. crazy kidnapping plot that led to his death. Yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. pretty big. That would make headlines, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and and there is a an a, a fascinating and and really pretty stirring epilogue to Barbara's story, which is that she finds out that her grandfather Jack oh my is still alive. Oh, right. I was like, "Yeah, why are there still like 30 more pages of the, <laughs> right? pages of this book?" It really did go on and on. <laughs> Yeah, and then there's like a, it's her birthday. She's not killed. Uncle John does threaten to kill her on her birthday too at some point. Yeah, But then once he's caught, he's really like, the wind goes out of his sails. He was like, and it's like the worst plan. He's like, obviously, all right, it's pretty obvious now to all of you what was going on, right? (laughs) Like I was mad at my brother because he like swindled me out of money. So I was like, well, why not pretend that the ghost of the woman that he killed is back and just like kind of get him like wrapped around the axle of that. Yeah. And and it'll really upset him. that's the mastery of Francine (laughs) and Kate's mystery writing. Yeah. Yeah, And he's like, I didn't want him to die. I just wanted him to drop out of the race. I just wanted him to drop out of the race because like you can predict that that's like how he would react to like thinking that a ghost is back. They push him a little bit on that. I think it might even be the (laughs) twins that push him on that. Like, no, you did want him to die. And he's like, you're right. Yeah. He's like, yeah, no, I kind of wanted him to die. I was fine with it. Yeah. 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 Uh, but Jack's alive. Lose millions of dollars, and he's not. He's like he comes out of his like catatonic state. 
basically because right. he's like oh you know 38 what years he's been in this rest home i've been living in the past and now i realize that like i should have not abandoned my um his baby daughter, daughter. my yeah. baby daughter when my wife died Gwen. And that's a lesson for nicholas yeah. morrow too you know because yeah. because now yeah barbara young barbara is going to go back to switzerland to live with her family and nicholas is very upset about that but I'll, I'll, i think he handles Jack. it pretty well this is where you really want I mean, maybe I'm asking for too much handholding, but I would love for the whole Regina plotline to come back full circle here. Nicholas yeah. gets this lesson that he shouldn't live in the past. You know, this uh, grandpa, Jack, is like, oh, wow, I really made a mistake only living in the past and letting my uh, wife's untimely yeah. death uh, ruin 38 years of my life, essentially, and I missed right. out on so much. And Nicholas has, you know has a moment of realization that he doesn't want to live in the past anymore, but he never explicitly connects the dots. Right? I read like, that. I read that loud and clear that okay. that's he's, he's figured that it's that a reference to Regina that he's realized that he needs to stop moping about the fact that his sister had a oh, absolutely extremely not. rare with cardiac I think, event. <laughs> I think all he took out of it was like, Oh, okay. I can't keep pining after Barbara cause she's moving okay. to Switzerland. Well, yeah. But then he does anyway, cause stupid old grandpa Jack leaves a, the portrait of old Barbara in his car. Which looks exactly like new Barbara. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. What is he supposed to do with that? Go hang in his bedroom? Yeah, and think <laughs> about her every day and li really live in the past. He should donate it to that art museum is what he should do. Yeah. Oh, yeah, there's, that's a good idea. And then Jessica finish her, her piece. Yeah, yeah. You know? Oh, and then Jessica and Elizabeth are going to have a big story in the newspaper where they, be on the, the, front page. the Sweet Valley News gets the first real scoop about what actually happened. Could have, everybody thinks Russell Kincaid committed suicide. Huge. Yeah. And they could be on the front page, and if, they should look cute for that, probably. I hope so. Oh, yeah, but Jessica doesn't like the picture that they've chosen. <laughs> it, was taken, it was taken at the picnic. <laughs> Jessica has a final thought toward the end of this book that she shares with Liz that really stood out to me, um, knowing these books as well as I do. So can I read that to you guys? Please. Yeah. Jessica shivered. Liz, every time I think about what happened last night, I mean, you didn't see it, but the look on Kincaid's face when he was falling back from that cliff. She bit her lip and hugged her knees close to her. I had a really awful dream about it. Elizabeth nodded, her eyes big. Me too. Dr. Fisherman said it's... I'm sorry. <laughs> Name Dr. Fisherman. I love that the doctor's called Dr. Fisherman. <laughs> I wasn't going to bring it up, but now he's <laughs> His name is Dr. Fisherman. Yeah, pick a lane, doctor. <laughs> <laughs> you know, good for him for breaking out of the family tradition. You know? <laughs> it's been generations of fishermen. <laughs> Me too. Dr. Fisherman said it's normal to have bad dreams after going through something like this. She sighed. I think it's going to be a long, long time before I forget what happened at Bayview House. And I, I just wonder, is it going to be a long time? <laughs> Doesn't sound like it sounds like once the summer ends, everything will kind of go back to normal. Yeah. Or even mystery number four. Yeah. Yeah. You know? That's I, what I'm wondering about. A I've long, now long read. Time super thriller number three and there was no indication of what happened in super thriller number one or two in this book right uh do, does the name adam maitland mean anything to you guys not a thing no 
Sure doesn't. Even though he was mentioned okay. in the book, but so quickly in passing, he's this guy who's living with the Wakefields over the summer. He's Stephen's college roommate, and in the first oh, yeah. trailer, his girlfriend was murdered. Yeah, no, they mentioned they mentioned him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he seems nice. Yeah, I don't think they mentioned the girlfriend murder. No, the, they didn't. You that would was think like they would. a week ago. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he seems fine. <laughs> I do. They do. Rem- they mention him. Yeah. Yeah. But they don't mention the girlfriend murder. No, no. That's super that would be too number much. one. That'd yeah. be too much. Double jeopardy. They're like, you just read it. You don't yeah, need yeah, us to talk remember. about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, fellows. Mm-hmm. Mm. I think we did it. I think we got through we the did whole it. book. Yeah. Nailed it. Yeah. What a and beautiful we did story. It just an hour, and it took Francine Pascal two hundred pages. So Yeah, it took right, me right. about three hours to read the book too. Yeah. So <laughs> Do I? Where do I send the invoice, Marissa? Well, I was recently a guest on. <laughs> well, I was recently a guest on Babysitters Club Club. That's true. Sweet, sweet Valley High. Sweet, Wait. sweet Valley Boys. Sweet, sweet Valley Boys. Yeah. And a special edition talking about playing with fire. It was so much fun. But I did on that show really, really fail miserably at trying to recap uh, playing with fire in 90 seconds. I was given 90 whole seconds. And I think I got maybe like 45 to 50 pages into the book. And I observed that really recapping them in an hour or so is more my speed. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So this is, I believe, I think that is borne out today. It makes more sense. It it has a lot more structure to a show. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you don't have to just make up bits. And one, well, like make up entire things about the entire universe of the story. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean that would be a lot of a lot of fun, and there certainly is a lot a lot to work with. But yeah, um, well, I if think people maybe... like that, if people want that, yeah, then come listen to our show. Come, yeah, come absolutely, to our show. definitely do. We've got hundreds of episodes about the Babysitters Club. Hundreds, right? You guys have done the whole thing too. We Literally every everything, all the spinoffs, everything. I was. I was secretly lobbying like for what your next venture was going to be really in my heart of hearts. What I wanted was for you guys to start over. It, mm. it came up in our yeah. negotiations. So just to now knowing what you now know, you know, yeah. the <laughs> with all of the, uh, all of the theories and all of the pieces in place. Yeah. I don't think yeah. either of us were quite ready to leave the, the BSC of verse two, but honestly we got so hard in the paint on like the spinoffs which are not as good that we already started to lose sight of the BSC anyway. Like once you're like, once you're reading about like Ducky and Amelia in Palo city, California, like what are these books again? Well, you know, here in sweet Valley high, I mean, I'm, I'm going at a slow pace, but we have the same road ahead in terms of there being a lot of spinoffs and how it's going to complicate things. If, if, and when, I should should I live to get through that many books? <laughs> yeah, we've got the, Sweet Valley University, Sweet Valley Twins, Sweet Valley Kids, um, Unicorn Sweet Club. Valley Senior Year, Sweet yeah. Valley Confidential. It's wow. like, whew. they become so abstracted that it doesn't even feel like Sweet Valley anymore. If the Babysitters Club is any indication, yeah, yeah, I but. think I think that's it, it's like an impossible to keep all of the lore in one's head at once. And timelines, different timelines. Well, I mean, luckily, the the thing about Babysitter's Club that I think is true about the Sweet Valley books is too is like there is no timelines. It exists yeah. in a singularity, one one point in time and space. The still that's, point of the turning world. Yeah, that's so wise. Heidegger said that. No, it's T.S. Eliot. 
<laughs> I had a I had a fifty fifty shot. Um, well, listen, on Sweet Valley Diaries, usually I ask my guests if they are a Jessica or an Elizabeth. And you guys Elizabeth. can answer that question. But I think we're both Elizabeths. Both Elizabeths. Um, yeah, I guess so. But I think maybe Jack like harbors a secret desire to be a Jessica. I'm, I'm trying to remember so what you said last time. I think I, I'll say the same. Uh, I imagine I said the same thing, which is that as a <clears throat> as a young boy, when I read these books, I was like, man, Jessica's awful and Elizabeth is nice. And now, I like, I think they're both not great for various reasons. Yeah. But Jessica's interesting. <laughs> yeah. Well, let me throw another question at you that's very specific to this book. Let's yeah. say uh, you got to write an article for the local paper. Okay. Politics or paintings? Politics. Paintings. Wow. Okay. Ah, so yes. I'm Elizabeth and you're Jessica. And that is probably <laughs> actually right. Shit. That's beautiful. Yeah. She tricked that's us. That's beautiful. She tricked us. Well, guys, thank you so much. For recapping mm-hmm. No Place to Hide with me. You're welcome. This has been an honor and a pleasure. Do you uh, want to tell the gladiators anything about what you've got coming up? Oh, our life is a mess right now, gladiators. We don't know what <laughs> we're doing. We're listless. Can what I we're tell doing right them? now. So we, we ran out of Babysitter's Club books. We're doing a couple Sweet Valley books right now, too. So come, come check those out at the very yeah. least. Um, but then we're going to transition into... A new show on the same feed. It's called Strange Bedfellows. Uh, the Strange Bedfellows are me and Jack with romance, romance. books. Ooh. An entire literary genre that we are not familiar with and, frankly, wildly uncomfortable with because we're <laughs> repressed uh, Midwestern yeah. and British boys. We're going to start um, with Red, White, and Royal Blue. Ooh, I've read that. Casey McQuiston, which we really liked. Oof. That's a sexy uh, book, you guys. It's very oh, sexy. Very sexy, and that's something about uh, romance books that no one warned me about. Is yeah, there's it's they're a little bit a too sex. sexy. Yeah, it's like such a closely guarded secret. I feel like <laughs> yeah, pretty. Yeah. We weren't pretty ready graphic for graphic sex stuff in these books. Yeah. So if you're um, a younger reader or have like a heart condition, you might just want to yeah, uh, yeah. steer clear of that. Steer clear. Or you could go back to the beginning of our show and listen to our. Ample back catalog of Babysitter's Club. Interesting choice. And the Patreon. Yeah. And the Patreon, Little Sister Books. Yeah. And we sing the descriptions. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you. A highlight. Well, I will put links to all of this stuff in the show notes, Gladiator, so you can check that out. And, you know, read the show notes anyway, because I like write like a little funny paragraph. And I don't know if anybody reads the show notes, Gladiator. She's jerk. (laughs) time with it. Come on! Don't get too mad at them because I okay. people might they might read the show notes. <laughs> okay. I, I don't We're really know. There's our fans. <laughs> I don't think there's any real metric that I can track on that on whether or not okay. the show notes are getting read. You know, yeah. um, and uh, everything else that I like to tell you to do is uh, follow Sweet Valley Diaries on Instagram or Sweet Valley on Twitter. You can send me an email, sweetvalleydiaries at me.com. But the best thing you could do for me and wait, is that Marissa, Valley Diaries is... Sweetvalley at marissaflaxbart.com or... Uh, no. Oh, oh, I see what you mean. I, I hope, oh, maybe that's where... I hope a lot of emails haven't been getting lost. Again, it's sweetvalley at marissaflaxbart.com. Tell a friend about Sweet Valley Diaries. That's all I have to say. Thank you, fellas, very much. Thank you, gladiators, for listening. And remember, uh, just don't mess with ghosts. Don't or do date ghosts. them. Oh, or date them. So lucrative. Mess with them. <laughs> you get my meaning. If you date a goat ghost, you're guaranteed to get a priceless portrait at the end. Yeah. Oh, it's beautiful. Beautiful.
But let's uh Oh Jack's talk gone. Of- oh yeah, okay. He is gone. Should Great. we keep going? Thanks, Jack. Yeah, go ahead. That's all right. You and I can all talk. Right. <laughs> so Very professional podcasting, Jack. <laughs> My cat needed to come in here. <laughs> some might argue that the truly professional <laughs> thing for us to have done would have been to just continue. Yeah, yeah, podcasting. Some might, yeah you know, that's what I assumed. Not a professional happen, podcaster. But- it's something <laughs> <different> time, <so>. <laughs> <laughs> Well, me too. So <laughs> that goes for all of us. 